Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. The blessed prophet Leslie Johnson is going to be speaking today. Lord, I ask you to give her your anointing. He always laughs when he prays for me. Always. Why does he laugh when he prays for me? I don't understand. Okay. Lord, we ask. Lord, forgive him for he does not what he does. We ask for your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, it'll be really we strong now. It, it will be really strong now. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, so Brandon says, he goes, what's up, bet he get on today? And I said, I think he woke up on mine because he's been trying to be jokester all day. <laughs> anyway, welcome. We're so glad that you joined us today. And we're going to continue on about the origin of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. I had found it to be very fascinating. And if you'll remember from the last teaching, it was about the John, John Brown, I think it was, yes. uh, that had they had gone to. He was actually to, you know, coming against slavery, and so um, he was hung. And and also we found out that many of the scriptures had to do with revelation. And so what happened is this this lady, uh, she her name was last name was Hal. And she got up in the middle of the night and started rewriting the words to glory, glory, hallelujah. Uh, now, we, ha we also talked about a little bit about the grapes of wrath. You know, I asked how many of you probably have read that, had to read that book in high school or something like that. Um, probably didn't really read the whole thing, well, if you were like me. But I remember hearing about it, so it was probably something that was important to one of the teachers. I, I don't know. Anyway, so John Steinbeck, he was also... I did not originate this phrase, and neither did Julia Ward, uh, Ward Howe. And they they took it from, you know, it's talking about the wine press, and he took it from the Revelation, actually. And Stan talked about the, if you want to go ahead and stand up here with me. But Stan talked about the, the you know, the wine press, and, and also when the harvest time comes. And, and she was saying that it had to do with representing the unrepentant sins, sinners. But you want to add to this? Keep going. Okay. Uh, if you want to read this one. And the third angel followed, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. In other words, this is a warning. I believe this warning happens probably right after the fall of America, which I believe takes place just prior to the... Uh, the Feast of Pentecost, which is about almost six months before Jesus returns. The Feast of Pentecost. Let me get that right in my head here. Let me look at my notes here. Uh, yeah, that would be correct. Okay, So it's about four months before Jesus returns. And uh, it's a warning. Do not take the mark of the beast. So, uh, back up. Yeah, back up. I didn't finish this. Okay, so the same should drink of the wine of the wrath, which is poured out with that mixture. In other words, if a person takes that mark of the beast, it's going to be, well, as they say, hell to pay, literally. It is not, they, they do not get sold to death. They're tossed in the lake of burning with fire and brimstone for all eternity with the beast the, and uh, the false prophet. A thousand years later, Lucifer is tossed in there with them, which is poured out. Without mixture into the cup of his indignation, he should be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb next. And another angel came out of the altar, which had power to the fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, 
thrust in thy sharp sickle. I had someone come up to me at one of the meetings and say, okay, so the morning star burns them. They fall to the ground, pile of ashes and bones. I said, correct. He said, then where are you going to get the blood rising of the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs? And I said, because the two angels slashed the grapes. This is the angel slashing one, the, some of the grapes. The grape nations are those nations that pretty much don't have any Christians in them, whereas the tares are those that live in the Christian nations. They should be Christian. They lived among the Christians, but they were weeds among the Christians. Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, that's the sinners or the sinner nations, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in the sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. That is Armageddon. That's uh, Russia and China and all of her other evil nations coming down to attack Israel at Armageddon. And the winepress was trodden without the city, just like Jesus was crucified without the city. I believe the same place where Jesus' blood was shed <clears throat> at a winepress, that's where Golgotha is, at a winepress, their blood is going to be shed in the same place. Another place of scripture says he will satiate his garments with their blood. In other words, he will soak his garments in their blood. Winepress even with horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that is the morning star, that with it he should smite the nations, and he should rule them with a rod of iron, as he treadeth the winepress in the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. So, thank you for, you, know, you have anything else to say? No, right? no. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So, this John Steinbeck, he wasn't the only one who had, you know, vision, he had a vision of Christ. Uh, we also saw that in Isaiah, that he had something similar happen to him about 800 years earlier than this, this John Steinbeck. Um, and you can find that in Isaiah 63, 1 through 6, if you want to go and read that sometime. Oh, actually, I have it here. Okay. So, it's Isaiah 63, 1. There it is, dyed garments. Yes. You want to go ahead? Yeah. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments? That would be Jesus. Dyed garments from Bozrah. Bozrah. This... That this that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength, I that speak in the righteousness mighty to save, wherefore art thou red in thine apparel? In other words, how is it that all of your garments are dipped in red blood? Because he just came from the winepress where all of the sinner's blood is all shed. That's what he's saying. Um, Therefore thou art red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat. I have trodden the wine press alone. In other words, the 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 we the 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 wedding the the bride do not help him. Him and his two angels do it all. I have trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in mine anger and trample them in my fury and their blood shall be sprinkled on my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. Well, sprinkle probably gives us the wrong understanding because other scriptures say he bathes his garments in their blood. Okay, so they shed his blood at the wine press with the wine fat in wine garden at Golgotha, and he sheds their blood the same place and then fills his garments with it. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> Can you go ahead and read? Oh, there's one. 
For the day of vengeance. Now, almost every time you see that word vengeance, it is almost always talking about, in general, the tribulation, the last seven years, or specifically the day of the Lord, the last day he returns. So the day of vengeance, if you do a research and I have on that, that's what it's talking about. For the day of vengeance is in, in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me in my fury. It upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger and make them drunk in my fury. And I will bring down their strength to the earth. Is there another scripture? Okay. So this is actually taken out of, you know, Isaiah and also in Revelation, what John Steinbeck had, uh, was talking about. Actually, um, I really believe that, like, this uh, Julia... Ward Howe, um, I think that she was really thinking that it was the end of time for everything that was going to happen, and we'll see that here in just a little bit, but when she, because she, she's using scripture from Revelation, and I think that she was wanting to think that the north were okay, but the south was, uh, God was going to come down and punish all the south, but anyway, we know that didn't happen, it wasn't the time, and then Joel three twelve to 14, go ahead. Let the heathen be, weak, be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat means judgment. So it's the valley of Jezreel, the valley of dry bones, you might say. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. I think it's my, Matthew 5, 21 or 22. says the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment unto the Son. So Jesus is the judge at the Bema seat or the Feast of Trumpets. He is also the judgment ten days later, or the judge ten days later at the Great White Throne on the Feast of Atonement. Put ye in the sickle. Sickle, okay, what does that mean? Well, that has to do with the two angels that, that uh, swing the sharp sickles. They are the ones that slash the grapes. Put ye in the sickle. For the harvest is ripe and come. Get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow. In other words, all the nations are gathered down to attack Israel. Therefore, their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So you can see that when the scriptures are confirming one another, you know, Revelation, Isaiah, Joel, and we can see how, uh, and actually the, when we, we sing here a little bit about the battle hymn of the Republic, you can see that it's really talking about Jesus and, and also what happens in Revelation. Now, in Deuteronomy 32, 41, it says, If I wet my glittering sword and my hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies, and I will reward them that hate me. The yes. glittering, glittering sword well, is the morning, morning star. The star. Right. That's what I thought. So then Isaiah 66, 15 and 16 says, For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. Morning star, right. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. And it's still talking about when the time at the end when right, he comes down. Right, Armageddon, right. Yeah. And then Ezekiel 21, 3 and 4 says, And say to the land of Israel, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, and I will draw forth my sword out of his sheath, and will cut off from the, the, the righteous and the wicked. Seeing then that I will cut off from cut off from thee the righteous and the wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of his sheath against all flesh from the, from the south to the north. 
Remember the uh, scripture that says, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. That's what it's talking about. In other words, in those days, there will still be, although it would be very few, Christians on the earth. And those Christians on the earth, that morning star, or the two angels with the sickles, will not touch you. Thousands shall fall at the side, and ten thousand. Two men will be in bed together. One is taken. In other words, one is destroyed. The other was left. Two are in the field working. One is taken or is in destroyed. The other is left. Those are misunderstood scriptures. They think taken is taken off in a rapture. That's a misunderstanding. So when it says here in verse uh, 3, it says, uh, we'll cut off from the, the righteous and the wicked. Is that what he's trying to say, that he just takes out the wicked? Right. It's not saying that he destroys the righteous and the wicked. He's saying he destroys the wicked from among the righteous. I'll let you go ahead and read this because I know you have some and he <laughs> And he had his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Now, a lot of people think that this is actually talking about Jesus. It is not. He said, I've sent mine angel to show unto my servant, John, those things which shall be hereafter. So it's actually talking about the angel, but the angel is representing Jesus. So it says, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, that would be the morning star. His countenance as the sun shineth in his strength. And repent, or else I will come to thee quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Again, that's all the morning star, that's all Armageddon. Go ahead. So the angel does the morning star and Jesus? Uh, no, no. So he was talking, this is Jesus that uses the morning star. Jesus has the morning star. However, some of us will get the morning star once he returns. The Bible says, that, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and as the vessels of a potter they shall be broken to shivers, that means ashes, broken to shivers, as I received of my Father, and I will give him the morning star. Meaning, some people get the morning star. Like, for example, the two, uh, two witnesses. Uh, these are my two witnesses, uh, standing before the God of the earth. If any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devour, devoureth them. If any man hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So the two witnesses have the morning star. And some of those people that uh, keep his works all the way to the end, they're faithful all the way to the end, they still get the morning star too. So Jesus, he is the bright morning star. But then there's others that get so the morning star. In Revelation 1.16, you said that he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Right. You're saying that was an angel? Well, it's, it's an angel, but it's a, it's a picture of him talking about Jesus. Yeah, so it's what shows up in Revelation chapter 1, actually the, the whole chapter was not actually Jesus appearing, but it was the angel appearing for Jesus because he says, I've sent mine angel. So it was an angel sent to him. But yeah, the, Jesus has the morning star. You know, like um, many people, they, you know, they sometimes they have dreams um, or visions, and they say Jesus appeared to them. And I believe it's not really Jesus that is appearing it's to them. Angel. I really believe it's right. an angel of God. Right. Now, let's talk about stanza two. We talked about stanza one uh, last time. And it says, I have seen him in the watchfires of a hundred circling camps, which goes along with what we were just reading in the scriptures. Right. And they have builded him <clears> an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read his righteous sentence by the dim and flaring lamps. His day is marching on. Of course, uh, when the Hal was doing this, she was she was saying that Jesus is going to be marching on, but it was all to uh, to lift up this 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 brown guy, saying that 
you know, they were going to destroy, apparently, the South, uh, that Jesus was going to come and destroy the South. I think it's interesting today because probably there's a higher percentage of Christians in the South than in the North. All right. Kind of interesting, huh? (laughs) And there's definitely a higher percentage of Christians in Texas than California. (laughs) Sorry, Californians. Leave California. (laughs) And also... um, uh, how she wrote that, you know, that she, she believed that, that Christ was in the watchfires of the Union military camps and that they were also set up to please him and they were altars of worship erected in his name and the worshipers were fully prepared and they were eager and even to carry out this, what they called the righteous sentence of death as prescribed in Revelation. So she thought that, that they were supposed to come in and, and do what, you know, they were, they were fulfilling Revelation is what she believed. Um, and they will carry it out on God's behalf. And in the Bible, the phrase, the day of the Lord, consistently refers to the day Christ to the next final vengeance, right? Sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, but this song, the day of the Lord, is ushered in by the marching forward of the Union troops. Now, stanza three. I have read a fiery gospel writ in burnished rows of steel. As you deal with my contemptors, so with you my grace shall deal. Let the hero born of a woman crush the serpent with his heel, since God is marching on. There's a lot of like, <laughs> I mean, how, you know, a lot of the, the things that, the, that this how lady that she wrote, or she just got up in the middle of the night and started writing, I mean, there was, um, you know, it was pretty powerful, you know, I mean, it was pretty strong. And I, I, I you know, I know that she was also using things from the Bible, but she was, really coming against um, so many things. But anyway, I just think that's pretty powerful, this, this scripture here. Anyway, this stanza is appalling. Uh, now, so many in churches and everything, they, they just omit it. They omit that, that stanza. Uh, you, know, they, you know, I think that many times, like in churches, they don't want to read about the, the gospel being shot forth from the barrels of fires because uh, it says burnished rows of steel. You can see here... And the first verse, I have read a fiery gospel written burnished rows of steel, which means that it was um, from the barrels of rifles. And then let the good news bang, you're dead. Is that what they say? (laughs) And unfortunately, um, this corrupt theology of the holy war is responsible for thousands upon thousands of death going back from centuries back. And and really it started, you know, of course, the Civil War, but of course we know that a lot of good came out of it. Uh, also, this writer continues to say that Hal was perpetuating a lie. I don't know what that means, but for the Civil War, she was calling it a holy war. And she said it was sanctioned by God to wipe out the sins, or rather the sinners of the nation, the North we've blessed, and as soon as they just finish everything from the South. And, um, and then he was, the Southerners are now compared to Satan, according to their beliefs at that time. Um, they are God's arch enemy, and their decision from the union is, is Satan's rebellion and will be punished accordingly, they thought, from Genesis 3.15. Now, stanza four. Uh, he has sounded forth a trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. I'll be sift my soul to answer him, be jubilant my feet. Our God is marching on. And then stanza five says, In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. 
As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free while God is marching on. You know, this was a victory stanza, and uh, they were, again, she was believing that God was marching on to destroy the South. Now, should we ban these the song from our churches? You know, I think it's pretty you know, powerful. I mean, it has. I think people just need to understand it's from, from Revelation. A lot of the meaning wasn't wasn't the wasn't um, uh, interpreted by them correctly. But we know now more than what they did, you know, way back then. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's a. It's a. You know, we we always remember the part of this glory, glory, hallelujah, and we all love to sing that part. <laughs> and that's about all I ever remember. But. Uh, it's you know it's, it's that part is so awesome to me, and you know I, I don't think we should just ban it, but I think they need to understand it has to be taken from Revelation. It's not um, civil about, war. Yeah, the, not the civil war. <clears throat> uh, I believe that you know well they are they do sing them at like an inauguration. Uh, they sing this at presidents burials. Um, so it's it's actually you know very pretty powerful song. Yeah, pretty powerful song, and also. You know, very important song to our country. Um, he will vindicate his children. He will destroy sin and death. He will make his holiness known as never before. We already know that. And he will create a new heaven and a new earth. New earth. So I think that we just have to understand what we really are singing. So that's that's um, the important about part <clears throat> about understanding with the battle hymn of the republic. I um, I we were uh, you know. Like once a month, we were, I was going to a meeting and we were singing about once a month for, I don't know, six, eight months. And I was like, man, there's some, some words in here I'm just not understanding. So that's why I went ahead and just dug out and did a study on it. And I hope that it's been interesting for you. But I'd like for us now to, let's sing together um, the Battle Hymn of the Republic song. And yes, Brandon, if you'll come.
teaching and that uh, you'll understand now you may be seated when you um, uh, sing this song now you'll know it's actually talking about what's in Revelation you know Isaiah and also um, and Joel and it's talking about Jesus return and you, some of you might have questions and I know Stan if you'll come up here because you might have a question uh, if you have a question just raise your hand we'll we'll get the mic to you and you can ask was this informative to you did you enjoy kind of learning about it um, and how it is a, it's always so, it sounds always like it's such a powerful song. Of course, the music really helps that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, 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 the first, the first verse, um, well, excuse me, the first 
melody that came out was they were talking about you know John Brown as he was marching through the streets. Is that his name, John? Can't remember John Brown. John. Yeah. Right. Uh, and how um, you know talking about the glory, glory, hallelujah, talking about him. But then you can again this um, Julia Howe she came up with the words, but she took them really out of Revelation. So it's kind of interesting how God put this actually all together, but they just didn't understand what they were singing at the time, which we have more understanding now. The, I think the point of it is perhaps she was awakened in the night. Perhaps she did write the words in the night. And perhaps she was thinking that they were talking about the battle of the north and the south. But perhaps they weren't. Perhaps they really were from the Lord. Perhaps it was a battle hymn for his new nation that was on the rise. And because they really talk more about Jesus, his return, revelation, his victory at Armageddon, they really don't talk that much about the battle of the north and south. That's they true. really don't. So perhaps the words really were from God to a new blossoming nation. Yeah. And I do... And I do believe that they were from, from the Lord. And again, she was taking a lot of from Revelation. Anyway, well, God bless you. We're stopping a little bit early this morning. So we just ask that you fellowship with one another and just have a good time. And happy 4th of July. Well, welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. This It's almost the 4th of July. So my dogs are about to start shaking. Actually, last weekend in Allen, Texas, I think they, was it last weekend they had the fireworks there? Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Okay, we have several announcements because it's a new month. And I have um, here, we have Bible study. It's actually canceled uh, next Friday and also the following Friday, which is not on your, your flyer. So make sure that you notice note that it's, it's canceled on July 7th and also on the 14th. Uh, there's an intercessory prayer sign-up. This one right here. If you'd like to be on the Zoom intercession or the third Thursday of this month with Kate from, I think I have the right time. Uh, Jonathan, if you can tell me, I think it's from 7, 7.30, 8.30. So I want to make sure that y'all know that. Also, there's a form here to, to sign. If you would like to join any in all-night prayer, and that's going to be on um, Friday, July 28th. Friday, July 28th uh, from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. That's what I put down. 7, 7 p.m. Friday. Yes, 28th. From 7. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, starting at 8 p.m. Okay. So starting at 8 p.m. to 7 in the morning then? Okay, so 8 p.m. to 7 in the morning on, on July the 28th. Um, also, uh, the, the, actually, the intercessory prayer is going to be on July 20th and also August 17th, just so you know. Also, we're going to do a movie night. We haven't done a movie night in a long time. Um, this will be on July the 29th, uh, 6 p.m. So we'll have pizza, candy, popcorn, a lot of good stuff. And it's called, the name of the movie is called Nothing is Impossible. I, I saw this movie actually on a plane. <laughs> and I, I thought, wow, they have a Christian movie on the plane. This is pretty, this is pretty cool. So that was, that was, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. And that is, and then also just remember the date, record the date for Pastor Stan's birthday 
that is on, um, he actually turns 70 on August the 24th, but we're celebrating it on the 26th. All right, and what other form do you have here? What's your other one? The donut one? Okay. All right, well, thank you, Miss Scarlett. Is she beautiful? Thank you all so much. Here you go, Lisanne. Thank you, darling. Well, let's stand. Let's pray. And then we have a birthday. Are there any prayer requests? My dad. Your dad? Yes, he had his cancer surgery this morning. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just humbly come before you today. We thank you for all that you do for the Spirit of Prophecy Church, how you answer so many prayers. And, Lord, I know that you're going to answer these prayers, that these requests that, they're, that we're giving you right now. Lord, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that that spirit of infirmity that is on Kenji's boss to be removed right now. You must go in Jesus' name. We command in the name of Jesus that cancer to go out of Michelle's dad. Command it all to be gone in Jesus' name. We thank you for the blood of Jesus over each one of these, these men as we, as we pray for them. And we ask, Lord, for a healing, a complete healing. We ask that you send your ministering spirits just to, to minister to them. And Holy Spirit, just comfort them, comfort the family during these times and we praise your holy name and Lord we ask that you bless this service today and that it would be pleasing to you we ask that you be pleased with the praise and worship today we ask that you have everything work accordingly to your plan and your glory we ask that you anoint that the, the uh, pastor Stan as he brings a message today and that we'd have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying and Lord bless each one of us as we tra many traveling right now it's summertime uh, so we ask that you just give everyone who's traveling, traveling mercies, and also protect them in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, can you dig out that, that um, money I had? So come up here, Eden. Come here, darling, with your sticky hand and everything from your donut. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know, and she gorgeous. Turn around here. We want everybody to see how beautiful you are. Just don't touch my white dress. <laughs> so, how old are you, Eden? Three. After four. Four. You turned four. Oh my goodness! You're all grown up now. Four years old. That is awesome. <laughs> So, did you already have a birthday party? Uh-huh. You did? What did you get? A present. You got a present? Uh-huh. What did you get? Do you I remember? Don't, I don't know what's inside of my present. Oh, you have, oh, you're talking about the present here. You haven't looked inside yet. Okay, well, you can hear in just a little bit, all right? Hang on. We're just going to wipe these hands off here. Thank you to the big sister taking care of her. Thank you, Noelle. Okay. Whoa, don't drag her. <laughs> don't pull her off, dude. All right, let's sing happy birthday to Eden. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Eden. 
Happy birthday to you. All right, come one, come all, and just give her some money. And then mom and dad will take you shopping. Look at that. Look at all this you're getting. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's my birthday, too. Oh, my hands are handing out. No. Oh, my goodness. I think you, they really like you. They really like you. Do not let brother touch it. <laughs> can he? Can, can she? Can Noel care for you? You got it. Let me pray. Let me pray a blessing over her first. Let her hold it. Let her hold it for just a minute. Whoops. There's a dollar stuck on you. Here you go, baby. Okay, you can hold that. No, let her hold that. Give, her, give it to it all. We can do it, can't you? Even? Do it all. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Lori, I ask that you just bless her. Just bless her abundantly and just give her a long and healthy and prosperous life. And, Lord, we just ask that you just uh, give her words of wisdom and help her to have understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Eden. All right, here we go. There you go. Spend wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. All right, well, it's time for offering. All righty. It's time for tithes and offerings. You're right. Okay, so please come forward, and uh, we'll play, pray for these. Everything we give, you know, this is... Huh? This is for the church offering. The church offering, yes. Sorry about that. Lord, I pray that every one of the people that put in this morning would come to discover the joy in giving. The joy in giving to you, joy to giving, the joy to give to those around about them that are hurting so that they can be a blessing to other people. Show them the joy of giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Jesus, we thank you for these offerings. Uh, we ask you to multiply a hundredfold and we know that everything comes from you and goes back to you because you are the god of the uh, gold and silver thank you father amen. in jesus name amen. Amen. amen hello and now it's time for obedience what do you mean obedience well Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How, how could we do that? Anybody knows? Missions. Mission. So it's time for missions. It's time to give for missions with all your heart. And the good thing is that the Lord promised that if we give, he will give us back. Thank you, Lord. So here we are. Oh, look at that. 
Thank you, Lord. Ooh. Yes, it's coming. And we have a soon coming mission to Honduras. Yes. And then next year we have other places, you know, Saudi Arabia. I don't know. Uh, what else? Uh, Pakistan. Huh? Singapore. Amen. So God bless you. Well, now it's time to pray for it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, turn this into souls. Turn this into souls around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this money, Lord, that is going to go to the most needy, Lord. And the most needy is that they need Jesus in their heart. So bless it and multiply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, it's time to praise and worship our God. Amen. Amen. This is a time of our independence. We also want to recognize that this is a Christ nation. One under God, right? We want to know that he is in charge. This is his nation. This is his world. And we want to give God the glory for everything he's done yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, Father God, we just want to give you the praise and honor and glory. And we want to recognize you as our God, as our Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is written in our hearts, Lord. And we want to give you the praise where honor is due. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Hallelujah. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country, founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead, you need God in America again. Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, we've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, you can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. 
The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our ways, stand firm and say, said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. So when you eliminate the word of God from the classroom and politics, you eliminate the nation that word protects. America is now number one in teen pregnancy and violent crime, number one in illiteracy, drug use, and divorce. Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vexes us all. When it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is gonna fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. stand up and proclaim that one nation under God is our demand and send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from and let the word of God revive our dying land for Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory and every eye shall see him on that day that's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us to boldly tell the world you must be saved because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all farce. If you're born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers, because you can look to the very one who made those stars. History tells us time and time again, to live like there's no God makes you a fool. If you want to see kids live right, stop handing out condoms and start handing out the word of God in schools. power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Where to 
everything you've done in our lives, past, present, and future, Father God. And we give you all the glory, and we thank you for being in our hearts. Father God, let us be that light into the path, and to change your ways into the right ways, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. As Pastor Stan's coming to take up communion, I just, you know, it's too sad that we sing these songs only once a year. Because we're making declarations and proclamations about our country as saying, God bless America. 
Um, there's so many in our country right now that are against, that live here in America, but they're against America. And why they lived here, I, I don't know. Um, because, you know, this is considered a Christian nation. They, many people just think because they lived here they're Christian. That's not what makes a Christian. But we need to realize that we, we should say these words more often, even in our prayers, like God bless America, from sea to shining sea, from the oceans, whatever, however it goes, <laughs> from the mountains to the prairies, all, I mean, all, you know, everything. You know, we, should, we should be saying, God, God bless our country because uh, we are the light. We are the light of the world here in America. And just like with missions, we, we go to do the missions to these other countries, and you can see how depressed and how oppressed and how uh, miserable they are. They don't, they don't serve a living God. And so, unfortunately, there's, they're trying to bring that into this country and to destroy. So let's start you know, making our prayers also every day, say, God bless this country. God bless America. Um, we know there's a lot of wrong here, but we need your blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I, I say this as an excuse to explain why I'm using such a worn-out Bible. Actually, the inside Bible is wonderful. It's just that the outside is this what they call bonded leather. It's actually cardboard. It's actually junk. I spent two hours on the internet searching made several phone calls to different printers of Bibles. And by the way, you know they almost don't print Bibles in America anymore. And you would also, at least I was just shocked to find out how few people even sell Bibles anymore. They don't sell much. All I said, I just want one six by nine or seven by 10, authorized King James, 12, preferably 14 point. Red letter edition would be nice. I don't want any maps. I don't want any study. I don't want any helps. I just want the Word of God. And I'd like to have it in cowhide. Okay? That's not complicated, right? That's not complicated. Right? Oh, yes, it is complicated. First of all, I discovered I had to get some phone calls to get up on this. Bond of leather is just cardboard, didn't know that. And then genuine, what do you think genuine means? It's, it means it's pigskin. I'm not going to put the word of God in pigskin. Oh, you can also get goat skin. I'm not going to put the word of God in pigskin or goat skin. Do you, do you see the problem? I said, what's wrong with cowhide? Well, yes, there's a few that still do. Still do that? And most of them want to fill with all these studies and helps and all this other garbage. They run the price up to $150, $200, $350 Bible. $350 Bible. It's almost like they don't want you to buy it. I said, I just want a Bible. You know, it ought to be $20, dollars $30. $50 would be too much. I may actually have to go, now listen, overseas and have two or three thousand Bible. I said, I just want a Bible to give away. So that I can say, if you receive Jesus, email me, I'm going to send you a free Bible. And my cost, printing two or three thousand, wouldn't you think it'd be twenty, thirty dollars a Bible? Okay, right? Okay. That shows you where our nation is right now. 
We truly have become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. But God has given us power and authority over serpents and over scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt us. And it's what we say as a clean, blood-bought, spirit-filled Christian. what we say, what comes out of our mouth, that the devil fears. He's afraid of us. So we're about to take communion. And in Christianity, I say that to defend my lousy Bible. This, the, the Bible's good. The cover, I, I was thinking, I wonder if they still recover Bibles. Maybe I have to buy some calf skin and make my own Bible cover. Anyway. Lord, you say that we are to bless the body and the blood, and this is grape juice, and this is unleavened bread. You know it and we know it, but what it represents is extremely the most powerful thing on earth. And Lord, we do bless this unleavened bread. We do bless this grape juice. In Jesus' name, go ahead and distribute that. And if you want to follow along, you don't have to. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It gives a list of things to do and not to do concerning this communion. This remembering of the body and blood of Jesus. It says first in verse 34, Feed a man hunger, let him eat at home. That ye come not together into condemnation. In other words, this is not a little snack. You don't give this to your children just because everybody else gets it. The only ones that get this are those people that have asked Jesus into their heart. Also, verse 32 says, But when we are judged, we are chastened the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Meaning, you take this with sin, you take this having not accepted Jesus in your heart, and you are walking in some dangerous territory. You get a curse, and it could even be death. This is real serious. Goes on to say, As often as you eat and drink this cup, do, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, uh, wherefore whosoever shall eat this uh, bread or drink this cup, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So, that means there's a curse with you taking it wrong, but that also for us means there's a blessing when you take it right. Okay? It says that we are to ask for our forgiveness before we take this. So Lord, we do ask you to forgive our sins right now. Forgive our sins, wash us clean in the blood of Jesus. You say that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in Jesus' name. Then in verse 24, And when he given thanks, and we have, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body that is break, broken for you. This do in remembrance of me, and they all ate. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood, that is, you do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, and Lord, yes, we do remember your body and blood on the cross in Jesus' name. So I guess I'm next. Absolutely. Yes, you can laugh while you pray for me. 
She was talking about how I always laugh. You do. When I'm I don't, for her. I don't, but she's so I'm not, cute. I'm going to ask Sharonda to come up and pray for See, me. See, look, they all start <laughs> chuckling when you walk up here, honey. You're just so cute. You know, I used to hate that word when I was a kid. They would say, you're so cute. And I'm like, I don't want to be cute. I want to be beautiful or something. <laughs> just the <so> word cute. <laughs> our, our M.O. when we go to a restaurant... I Are you like really going to gonna say I, this? I don't like to get door dinged, so I pay, park way out in the South 40. So I'll drop her off at the door. I drive out to South Party Park, and I'll park, I walk in. So I walk in, I'll say, the little woman, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> the little woman. Yeah, but there's dynamite in the store. Lord, I ask that you bless him, bless him with the message today. And Lord, now we need to hear your word. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you just open our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. We thank you so much. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that we're free here in America to be able to deliver the message and to hear the message and even, even have the Bibles that we have. We thank you for it, Lord. Lord, bless him. Bless Amen. him. Anoint him Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what my topic is? No, sir. Okay. See, she doesn't know. Prayer. Is it? Okay, I guess we'll yes. see. Is it really? Yes. Prayer closet. Okay. Well, very good. Very good. Okay. You got it right. So everybody listen, right? Amen. Okay. So, to start with some worship. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us, and were God, kings, and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb, who made heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things that are therein. And this morning we say to you, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, and is, and who is to come. Worthy is the Lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory, and power be in him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb and the four beasts said, Amen. And this morning we, the congregation, say, Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Lord, we ask for your anointing. We ask you to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, and our heart, our spiritual heart. Help us to see the value of worshiping you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, that's what he wanted me to talk on today is prayer. So, that proves she is a prophet. Because no, she didn't know what I was talking on. I thought she'd just say no, but then I guess the Lord told her what I was talking on. Prayer. Pretty good, huh? This morning, what I'm led to say is prayer, prayer closet, is time with God. It's time with God. Coverstone had a dream, and I'm not going to cover all of it, but he says, I'll even skip part of that. This is what I want to get to. Suddenly, the scene changed. I saw courtrooms and judges with gavels pounding the bench. I saw pastors in chains. I was shackled myself. I saw people in the jury seats. Notice it says jury seats. 
and the witness stand. Also notice it says witness stand. And they were crying. Why are the, both the jury and the witnesses crying? They were crying and the judges were saying, you can no longer preach this message. You can no longer declare this type of lifestyle is sin. This was 2020. See the date? Top right corner? 2020. How far are we from that? How far are we from when people will stand in the jury, stand in the witness stand, and cry because we have spoken the gospel? Are you listening this morning? See, we just sang some really patriotic songs and I was wondering why he was having me talking on, talk on this. And then he confirmed it in the mouth of the prophet. This is what we're supposed to be listening today. For a real good reason. We're in trouble. Christians in America are in trouble. I cannot say anything bad about this kind of lifestyle. You cannot say anything bad about this situation. You cannot address these things from the pulpit ever again. You cannot say this. You cannot say that. You cannot say Jesus is the only way. You cannot say abortion is a sin. You cannot deal with alternative lifestyles. You, can't, you call them awful, terrible things. You cannot say these things violate Scripture. You can no longer preach from Scripture. In America. He said it's coming in 2020. Most of us pastors were saying, we can't do that. We can't do that. The gavel came down in anger. Are you listening? The judges were mad. Judges in America angry at the gospel being preached. Are you listening? I saw churches surrounded by mobs of people yelling, shut it down, burn it down. Can you imagine right out there in the parking lot? How many people would we have coming in if we had picketers out there with big signs? saying, shut it down, burn it down. Shut it down or we'll burn it down. How many people, if we had out there people maybe banging on our cars, leaving notes, maybe scratching our cars, maybe breaking our windshield, how many people would be coming to church then? I'd like to think it'd finally start filling up. But what do you think? I think Spirit of Prophecy Church would still come. How about the other churches? <laughs> Not the fair weather Christians. I'll watch it online. Well, I don't want to make my car beat up. I don't want to get shot at. I saw people harassing believers who were going into the church services. I saw people with hateful attitudes waiting outside churches, waiting outside churches to harass people coming and going into and out of the church. Oh, that'll never happen in America. Are you ready? Are we just playing church? I'm talking about people right now. Are you online, here in the church? Are we, here at Spirit of Posse Church, are we Christians with roots deep enough to where when the wind starts blowing and the rain starts coming, our house is not going to fall. Oh, this is a hard message. Maybe it's time for us to go ahead and go to lunch. Or maybe it's time for us to really build a real prayer closet. Amen. But the thing that stood out the most 
were the people who had been sitting in church pews asleep or not listening became the biggest persecutors of the church. When Prophecy Club started in 1993, I remember the guy that asked me to start it. He said, you know, your biggest problems are not going to be from the government. Your biggest problem is going to be from fellow church members. Through the years, guess what? We have not had one lick of problems with the government in any way. When I get an email complaining, guess who it's from? It's a church member. It's a Christian. The biggest persecution would come from the terrors who sat in the church pews but never really accepted the Word of God as the Word of God. I'd like to think with the kind of preaching we hear at the Spirit of Prophecy Church, we had to run them out. Thank you. I got an amen. They were raised in the church all of their lives, but they'll walk away because they do not like the preaching of the true Word of God. Boy, is that true. I've seen people come into this church, and I mean the, che- the pew didn't, excuse me, the pew. I guess you call it pew. The pew or the chair didn't even get warm before they left. They want to hear the Word of God. Speak to me smooth things. And they shall say in their heart, I said, a, a, a queen, and I'm no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall a plague come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. I think Jesus is embarrassed because of America's sin. We were the nation, just like we were singing, that was started to be the light on the hill. We were the nation that was started to take the gospel to the world. But today, we're filled with filth. And the rest of the world is laughing at us. Because we can no longer tell them the right way because we don't do the right way ourselves. Is there an amen in the house today? Amen. Thank you. I'm not looking for it, but the word, the preached word of God is looking for it. The preaching which says that this is a sin. Sin is wrong. You cannot walk in this and still be a believer. It was the sons and daughters and grandchildren of Christians. How many people, the grandfathers, their fathers, their brothers and sisters are Christians, but they aren't. They had been raised in church all their lives, but became persecutors saying, we've had it. There's nothing in this for me. The gospel has no power. It has no authority. It says I cannot have this. I cannot do that. I cannot go where I want to go. I cannot be who I want to be. I cannot do what I want to do. I don't want to be a Christian. I want to live my life the way I want to live. Those were the people who were screaming and throwing rocks. They had baseball bats. Are you listening? And guns in their hands. Are you ready for the time when you drive up and it might not be safe to go into or come out of this church? Will you still come? They were throwing threats at those who were coming in and going out of the church. The anger was led once again by those who had fallen away. 
For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and no widow, and all shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall a plague come in one day. Those were the people who were pushing back against everything they had been taught. Those that had gone away to college and become very liberal, or we call them sinners. All they had thought, all they think, and all they do is the same. Those who have given in to some of the ideas of the protest movements that we see today, the ideologies that say that one race is better than others, and I'm proud to see salt and pepper couples come into our church. Amen. Matter of fact, we got two of them in the room right now. Amen. Matter of fact, some of our best friends are salt and pepper couples. The pastors. The pastors who are preaching were every race and color. I saw black, white, Native American, Indian, African, Russian, Chinese. I saw people who were preaching the gospel. The biggest persecution came from those who walked away from the church. Come on, Stan. Are come you on. hearing the word of the Lord this morning that is warning us, been confirmed by the prophet, this is the topic? You heard it, you saw it. She didn't know. I saw pulpits being chopped up. Well, they won't find <laughs> Pulpits over there, they've got to get behind the screen to find the pulpit. I saw pulpits being chopped up with axes. I saw the big old wooden pulpits being chopped to pieces. I saw plexiglass pulpits being hammered to pieces. I saw Christians in chains. I saw Christians in chains. Are you ready for chains, my brothers and sisters? I saw them publicly ridiculed, publicly assaulted because their ideas were old-fashioned and needed to go. I heard the cry. I've heard for six months, but there was something added to it. I heard, brace yourself and endure to the end. Did we just come to church so that we can go out and have a good dinner afterwards? Did we come to show off our fancy hats? Well, they do in some of the churches. I looked around before I said that. Nobody's wearing a hat. <laughs> I know that Eric comes in to show his fancy hairdo. I got a haircut yesterday, and I was sweeping it up afterwards, and I said, well, I'm at least glad that there's something on the floor. This is yesterday's internet. Michigan House passes bill that could make using pronouns a felony finable up to $10,000. This is yesterday's news, my brothers and sisters. Under the new bill, offenders are guilty of felony punishable imprisonment for not more than five years or by a fine of not more than $10,000. Are you listening? It's not coming. It's here. So if it's here, that means we better be there. Where's the there? Michigan State House Representative passed a bill that could make it a felony to, see, to use someone's preferred pro pronouns in a way that intimidates the little children. Intimidates them. Why would they be intimidated? Because the gospel is intimidating. Because a real Christian, a real Christian that knows who they are in Christ, 
that knows that they have power and authority over the serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy because they are intimidated by the truth. Come on, they out. are intimidated by the cross. Jesus bothers them. Yes. Intimidate means a willful course of conduct involving repeated or continuing harassment of another individual that would cause a reasonable individual to, look at the word, look at the word, feel. We mess with their feelings. So, put them in jail. Find them $10,000. See, the sinners don't bother us as much as we bother them. Feel terrorized, frightened, threatened, and actually causes the victim to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened, the bill reads. The bill specifically addresses sexual orientation, I'm getting riled up. You can tell I get riled up and my nose starts running and hold on. Sexual orientation and gender identity or expression as protected classes. Are you ready for this? Oh, well it'll never happen in Texas. Well, look at half of California's left to move to Texas lately. If you haven't noticed your freeways. Come on, Stan, help us out. According to the bill, gender identity or expression means having or being perceived, perceived as having a gender-related self-identity or expression, whether or not associated with an individual aside sex at birth. In other words, if they want to say they're a woman, though they have something hanging between their legs, so that they can walk into a lady's bathroom. This is happening, my brothers and sisters. This is happening. Critics are accusing the bill of violating the First Amendment, but they don't care about the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. They don't care about the Christian blood that has been spilled in the past to give us this freedom, just like the song said. Make no mistake about it, those advocating this legislation will wield their policies as a weapon capable of destroying conservative, conservative, conservative. They don't care about conservative. They're after Jesus. They're after you. They're after Christians. They're after one that do know their Bible and know who they are. That's their problem. And they have a problem because there's still a few of them in America. Conservative expression or viewpoints granted in the sacred Distinguished pressure, he gives the name. All right, now let's talk about prayer closet. What is the thing that's going to give you the power and the authority? What separates you from the rest of the crowd? Well, I go to church. I read my Bible. I know how to worship my God. I know how to worship my God. You want to know where my strength comes from? What little it may be. It's not from reading the Bible. It's not from memorizing the book of Revelation. Because I know how to drop to my knees and worship my God every night. Even when we're on the road in a hotel. Leslie will tell you. Every night. 
every night. And it's not because I made a commitment to do so, I don't know, 30 years ago, I don't know. I wish I'd made note of the year. I didn't even make note. I wasn't going to tell anybody. I wasn't going to talk about it. Good luck with that. Prayer closet. So here are some things to avoid in your prayer closet. Wandering. In other words, where your mind gets to going out and you're doing, you're not really praying. Praying for others. What? I thought praying for others is a good thing. Yes, praying for others is a good thing. But that's not a prayer closet. Well, I pray driving down the road, going to work and coming. Well, good. Good. Pray going to work, coming back from work. Good. That's a good thing. It's not a prayer closet. Praying for others, begging. Lord, I need this, I need this. For self, all, all of that is, the, the, that's not the primary purpose in a prayer closet. Speaking in tongues. Now, wait a minute, are you saying it's not a good idea to speak in tongues in a prayer closet? I seldom do. Why? Speaking in tongues is a selfish thing. It's to build up your Holy Spirit, to build up your spirit. It's to build up you. And it's good and it's appropriate in the prayer closet, briefly, to build up you. But prayer closet is not about us. Prayer closet is about Him. Prayer closet is worshiping God. Say it again. Prayer closet is worshiping God. Say it again. Prayer closet is worshiping God. One more time. Prayer closet is worshiping God. Period. Period. When we go into the prayer closet and we worship God, guess what? A whole lot of other things get fixed. Some of them we know about. Some of them we don't even know. How many times has God protected you from that car accident? How many times did he get you over a sickness that you wouldn't have made it through? How many times did he provide that dollar exactly when it had to be there? We don't know. How many times have we been blessed? Speaking in tongues is to build us up. It's generally not worship. It can help hearing in God. Prayer closet is time worshiping God. It's time praising God. Worship defined as telling God who he is and that you love him for it. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. What's the difference? Worship is worthy as the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength. That's telling him who he is. Praise sounds like great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. Worship is, Lord, you threw the stars into place with your finger and called them by name, numbered every one of them. Worship is, you made heaven and the things that there and are, and the, 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 the earth and the things that there are, and the sea and the things that are therein. To you we say, Amen, blessing, glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb. Those are worship. When we go in and worship God, he fixes lots of things. 
That way, when Leslie comes up here and prays a blessing over someone, boom, that blessing is there. When I turn and say, what's my topic today? Well, I don't know. And then she says, prayer. And that just happened to be the very first word in it. Not an accident. Let's go to Ezekiel. <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel saying, Son of man, when land sinneth against me by tres tres trespassing grievously, then while I stretch out my hand upon it, will bring, bring this, break the staff of bread thereof. He what? So means that one of the first things that happens to a nation that falls away is what they eat. Right? Is that what it's saying or not? Yes. He says, then after that, second thing, I'm going to send a famine. That's again having to do with what we eat or don't. And I'll also cut off, cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver it but their own souls by the righteousness. Who's Noah, Daniel, and Job? Bible says they were the most righteous of the Old Testament. Wait a minute, where, how come Moses isn't there? Because Moses struck the rock. Noah, Daniel, and Job were perfect. Try to live a perfect life. Good luck with that. But what he's saying is, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in there, he would not have protected them. Let me rephrase it. He would not have protected their whole household. He would not have protected their whole company. He would not have protected their whole street or their whole city. He's saying he protects those, each one of us, individual according to the sins or the lack thereof. Or did I misunderstand? That's correct, right? If I cause no a beast to pass through the land, they spoil it, so that it be desolate, so that no man pass through it of the beasts, Though these three men, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They only shall be delivered. We were talking before church. One of the congregation members said, yeah, well, I haven't talked to my daughter in two years. And yeah, I said, I haven't talked to my prodigal son in two years. I said, basically, he wants to live in the world. And I don't want to live there. He don't want to live my kind of lifestyle. He doesn't want to think my way. And so... You know, we're just, I pray, I believe the Lord has spoken to my heart that he will go after him, bring him into the kingdom. But what it's saying is, every one of us has to deliver our own soul. Right? That's, that, that's what he's saying. But I'm going to skip just the yellow part now. They only shall deliver themselves, but they shall deliver their own souls by their righteousness. Though I send sword, famine, beast, and pestilence, I have done, I have not done without cause all that I have done to them. Now let's talk about Daniel. Prayer delivered Daniel. If you recall, Daniel was first. And all of the other congressmen around Daniel, that's the way we would say it today, were jealous because an excellent spirit was in him. So all the other congressmen decided that they were going to find an occasion against Daniel they realized the only way they could do that was finding some place where his worship was going against the law. So they talked the king into making a god or a new rule. It says, whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days except the king shall be cast into the den of lions. So they passed the law. What were we just talking about? We're talking about how we're about to see laws passed in a nation 
that are going to start coming after Christians. Well, what did Daniel do? Daniel knew the writing was signed, but he went into his house, windows being opened, his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees. How many times? When Leslie and I were in Saudi Arabia back in October of last year, like two hours between potty stops. And so when there was a potty stop, everybody got out and went to the potty. We noticed when we got back in the car that all of the drivers, which were Muslims, had pulled out their little prayer rugs, which is about three foot by four foot rug. They all got on their knees and they were all facing eastward toward Mecca and they touched their forehead down on the ground with each one of their prayers. And they prayed for 15 or 20 minutes a day. And you know how many times a day they do that? Five times a day. Go into a hotel room in a Muslim nation. Sometimes you'll see a little green arrow back over in the corner. Sometimes you open a drawer and you see a green arrow in the bottom of the drawer. But whatever direction that green arrow is pointing is pointing toward Mecca because that's what they do. They lay out their prayer rug, get on their knees, touch their forehead to the ground five times a day facing Mecca. But what about us Christians? Why, you call a prayer meeting for our Christians and they don't even show up. They don't even show up to Bible studies. But we have the power. They don't have the power. Why is it that they are so dedicated to their God and yet we aren't? Does that bother you? It bothers me. It bothers me. Daniel didn't. He prayed three times a day. He gave thanks as he had before time. Okay, so what happened? Well, once they saw him do that, they went to the king and said, Hey, you remember you signed that decree? Yes, the thing is true according to the law of Medes and Persians, which cannot be altered. Daniel said, Well, uh, (laughs) you remember Daniel? Uh, you remember the uh, the children of the captivity? Okay, so they weren't even free in the kingdom. He was a slave in the kingdom. Remember Daniel? He was part of the captivity? Yeah, he doesn't follow your laws. And he was sore displeased with himself for ever signing that law, and nevertheless, he had to do it. So they cast Daniel into the den of lions. He said, the king says, the God that thou servest continually, he deliver thee. The message for Spirit of Prophecy Church today is, if you want God to deliver you, you have to have your prayer closet. Don't count on your wife's prayer closet, men. Don't count on your pastor's prayer closet. Every night, when I drop to my knees, Bible says we're to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you've shown me you, that you've shown me the cross, shown me the way to salvation, show me the power in a prayer closet, and then I worship. I worship. Seldom is, I, sorry, I mean, I pray for other people other times, but prayer closet, I don't go to the prayer closet to get. It's not a grocery store. It's not a prayer answered store. I go to a prayer closet to give. I go to give myself, to give my worship. And I say, Lord, there's no trouble. I don't care if we're on the road. I don't care if we're in a hotel. There's no trouble. Recently, I was on an airplane. 
got off that airplane, and man, I repented. Lord, I'm sorry. I should have somehow worshipped you on that airplane. So the king got up very early the next morning. Daniel, servant of the living God, is that God whom thou servest continually able to deliver the youth from the lions? My God has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth that they should not hurt me for as much as innocency was found in me. So, Spirit of Posse Church, let me ask you a question. If Jesus were to come and talk to you, would he say, innocency is found in you? Innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O King, I have done no hurt. No manner of hurt was found on him because he believed his God, and so the king commanded. So they brought those other congressmen and senators, that's the way we'd say it today, all those that had accused Daniel and cast them into the den of lions, them and their wives and their children. Wait a minute, the wives didn't have anything to do with it. Children didn't have anything to do with it. But they cast them, wives, children, and the lions had mastery over them, break all their bones and pieces if they came to the bottom of the den. As a result, the king made a proclamation. Every dominion of my kingdom... Men shall tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. You know, that's what the song was saying about this morning. We need God back in America. But the message for Spirit of Prophecy Church is today, have your prayer closet. Let's jump to Daniel 9. So this is how Daniel prayed to get an answer. Daniel understood that Jeremiah had prophesied that there was going to be 70 weeks of years prophesied as desolations to Jerusalem. So Daniel wanted to know what was going on. He wanted to hear from God. So what did he do? This is very good. So he says, I set my face, verse 3, to the Lord to seek by prayer, supplications, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. What? By prayer, supplications, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Now what does that mean? Prayer we know. Supplications is, in other words, he set his heart to continue this one particular type prayer. He was going after one thing. And that's another thing. A lot of times when I go into a prayer closet, I, I don't, I mean, I, I just, I concentrate on one thing. Fasting, we know what that is. Sackcloth and ashes. Well, sackcloth means that he took off his nice clothes and he wore like commoner clothes. And then in ashes. Well, in those days, they would take ashes from the altar where the animals had been sacrificed, and they would put them on them, put, sometimes put them on their heads, and sometimes a little dog, sometimes they totally covered themselves in ashes. So you might say that they had divorced themselves from, from the regular world, and they got aside with their God. Now today, what we would do is simply fast, probably we would take communion and probably we would, I mean, like Lou and Sunni are fasting for 40 days right now. They're in a 40-day fast. That's the kind of thing we Christians do. I made confession. In other words, he confessed his sins. They said, we've sinned as a nation. He's asking for God to speak to him regarding his nation. So he's asking for sins of his nation to be forgiven. So if we're asking God to speak to us concerning us, concerning our business, concerning our family, then what would we do? 
We ask for sins to be forgiven for us, for our family, for our business. Sin, committed iniquity, done wickedly, have rebelled, departing from your precepts. Neither have we hearkened to thy servants, the prophets. Oh, boy. Well, of course, it's hard to hearken to all the prophets these days. You get on the Internet, and everybody's a prophet. Everybody's got all kinds of, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me this. They're, they're in trouble. These people that are saying God said that didn't, God didn't speak to them, they're in trouble. Hearken to thy servants, the prophets, which did speak to the name, uh, in thy name, to our kings, princes, fathers, and to all the people of the land. Do you think prophets are talking to Joe Biden today? That'd be a good question. I'd like to have that answered. But if he is speaking, he sure ain't listening. I prayed here recently that God would speak to Donald Trump. That he would give him a dream or maybe send an angel to him to speak to him, tell him what he must do to try to save this nation. I said, try to save it. Because there's too many scriptures that say it's not going to be saved. Anyway, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws. All Israel has transgressed the law. Under the whole heaven has not been done as like upon Jerusalem. Neither have we all Israel transgressed thy law, bringing upon us a great evil for the whole nation. So he's, he's confessed the sin of his nation. That's the point. Uh, we do not present our supplications for thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. While I was speaking, this is the angel of visiting. While I was speaking, praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, all of a sudden Gabriel appears. Said, Daniel, I've come forth to give you the answer to your prayer. So if you want an angel, if you want the answer to your prayer, we just got the, the direction to do it. All right, now, let me jump here. So what is, this, what is this message saying? When I got on my knees and said, Lord, what do you want to say to the Spirit of Prophecy Church? He said, I want you to tell them prayer closet. Talk about the prayer closet. So prayer closet is a time. It's not driving down the road. Yes, you can pray driving down the road, but that's not a prayer closet. Prayer closet is a time when you are away from the TV, kids yelling and screaming, the wife or the husband. In other words, you're away from the world. And it's a time to where you can have, I'm going to say at least 10 or 15 minutes. It, when you first start your prayer closet, at least when I first started, I was in there for an hour. I didn't know what I was doing. It took me a while. I would suggest you get on your knees and worship. Ask God to show you. Ask God, show me how to have a closer relationship with you. Show me what I should do in my prayer closet. He'll show you. Oh, by the way, if you want to know, if you really want God to speak to you, here's the prayer. If you want God to speak to you, here's the prayer. Lord, if there's anything you'd like me to change, just show me. And you're about to hear from him. <laughs> If you think God won't talk to you, just say, God, is there anything you'd like to change in my life? Oh, here's another one. Lord, I want you to show me the joy of giving. Show me someone that's really hurting that I can help. And sometimes that's a financial gift. Sometimes that's helping them. Show me someone that I can help. He'll answer that one too. Show me what I need to do to change, to please you. And get ready. Might not like some things you hear. 
Those I love are rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. I suggest you get on your knees away from the world. I do it last thing in the evening because sometimes in the morning first thing, you know, there's all kinds of busyness and making coffee and Leslie wants me to do this or that or, you know, or it's time to get busy, time to get in the shower. It's, all, it's a busy time, right? Okay. And, you know, I, 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 to me, the last thing in the evening because there's always a last thing in the evening. I, uh, when it's last thing in the evening, Misty Blue, my Belgian Malwa dog, knows. She knows what to do. And so we go into the living room, and she goes over and lays down, curls up, about four or five feet away from me, and she knows. Don't bother him when he's praying. Do not crawl over there. Do not want him to pet you. Don't start licking the carpet or licking your paws. Or you lay there and you be quiet until he is done. Worship the Lord. I don't ask. I don't ask for money. I don't go begging. Some other things I do, but I don't know that I need to talk about that. But I worship the Lord. He that dwelleth in the secret place What's the secret place? He's saying, that if you don't get anything, let me, let me ask you this, and I don't want you to raise your hand. How many of you have heard me speak on prayer closet before? Don't raise your hand. Now, how many of you have one? Prayer closet is not an occasional thing, not something you do when you feel, or you think about it. It's an everyday thing. It's an I don't miss it thing. It's not the last thing I do every day. It's the most important thing I do. I just happen to do it the last thing of the day. It's the highlight of my day. It's the most important thing I do. When I fall to my knees, I say, you know what? It is no trouble. It is not out of my way. It's not bothering me. It's not taking my time to come in and worship you, Lord. It's the reason I live and breathe and have my being. It's the reason I know my prayers are answered. It's my everything. I cannot tell you how many times when I've gone into the prayer closet and things have been fixed that I couldn't fix. There is a place that the Spirit of God can touch that no one can touch. He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the COVID-19 that everybody is so scared of, nor for the next virus that the prophets say is coming, nor for the nuclear bombs. None of that. I have not seen the righteous begging for bread. 
What he's saying is Spirit of Prophecy Church, it's no, look, look, the truth is, the truth is, <clears throat> every one of us at one time in our life or another has played church. We find ourselves getting into a routine. We all have them. We live by routines. When we wake up, our feet hit almost exactly this place in the carpet they hit yesterday. When we go in, we turn on the shower or the bathtub exactly the same way. When we get ready to go, we know we got to have the keys over here and the cell phone, okay? We all play church, too. There are certain things we always do in church. What he's saying is, are you ready for the storms that are about to hit? Do you have that prayer closet? Now, here's the next thing I want. How many of you, don't raise your hand, don't stand, answer it in your heart between you and the Lord? Give it a yes or no. How many of you will commit to start a prayer closet and keep it going from now on? Don't raise your hand. It's between you and God. I don't do a prayer closet so I can impress Leslie, but I do one every night, right? Every, every, every night. I don't have to go in and beg for money. I don't have to go in. It's a prayer closet, I, I'm not sitting there, Lord, I need you to do this and this and that. None of that. Bible says he already knows what we have need of. Why do we have to ask? If we are worshiping him, if we were doing right, years ago I told the Lord, I said, I'm not asking for, your, for any more money. I'm not asking for money ever again. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do because I know you're going to do what you're supposed to do. He's the righteous judge. Right? What I'm, what I'm saying, the message I'm supposed to bring to you today is get yourself a prayer closet. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, they would have only saved themselves. Our righteousness can't fix our children. Our righteousness is not going to get our children saved. Our righteousness is not going to get I want to believe that, to tell you the truth. I want to believe that, you know, we could pray and get people saved, and I believe to a certain degree we can. But I think it would be better not to count on it. What he wanted me to say, Spirit of Prophecy Church, get yourself a prayer closet. So these scriptures, which I've covered many times, <clears throat> are essentially saying, ask Jesus to forgive your sins. He's the righteous judge. Deuteronomy 32 says, I kill, I make alive. A wound I heal, and neither can any deliver out of my hands. Revelation says, I have the keys of hell and death. He decides who dies, when they die, how they die, and where they spend eternity. Ask him. Naturally, sometimes we want to go to someone and say, will you please forgive me? Well, that's probably a good idea, too. 
but really the person that holds us accountable is him. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. I'm just going to end it like that today. Start a prayer closet. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. If you do, send me an email. Send me an email right there. And we encourage you to become a member. Bottom left corner where it says become a ministry member. Find that at Prophecy Club or spiritofprophecychurch.com. And also if you can click like, subscribe and share and all that sort of stuff. That'd be helpful. Get us out to more people. Lord, we ask that you speak to our heart. And my heart is to see everyone in here start a prayer closet. Not a sometime thing, an everyday thing. An everyday thing where they fall to their knees, not to beg, not to pray for the people, but to worship you. Show them how to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.